Is it on? <laughs> I'm Alex, here with Coach K, Jay Derrick, and we are Alive Today. What about tomorrow, though? You just need to get Okay. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of a live today podcast. Um, we're one one member down, but we got a great great guest to fill in for him. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you already know me, Courtney Vaughn, Coach K. I'm here with Alex, and then we have our special guest, uh, First Step Legal. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gary. Yes. Full name. Full name Gary B. Loima Esquire. <laughs> Wow, right, strong name. Right, 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 right. So, um, it's honestly for me, it's been a long time coming to have you on here, simply because um, I did want to build a a listenership Mm -hmm. before having someone like you come on. I'm I'm being completely honest with you, right? Because the the type of uh, information that you're gonna bring Mm -hmm. is going to be way more potent than all the guests that we've had on. Okay. I've had, or we've had, um, a guy who has a master's degree in marketing. Mm-hmm. So he can market the shit out of anything. Yeah. We've had one of the top DJs in Miami on, uh, I am Spinelli. Oh, um, we've I'm, had... I'm flattered now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, we've we're had, honored that you came. Definitely. So. We've had um, Tommy Streeter, former NFL receiver on. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've had some guests and they've brought what they've brought. But they are not versed in exactly what our niche is, right? We mm-hmm. just have people come on so that they can tell their stories yeah. and broadcast who they are and where they're going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, give information, give keys to success, and we definitely want to get that from you as well. Mm-hmm. But we definitely want to get the information that we don't know as entrepreneurs coming up in a time where it seems like everyone is an entrepreneur trying to start something trying to get it off the ground or has something off the ground but Mm -hmm. it's not on steady grant it's not on steady uh steady base why because they don't know the information that you know exactly so i definitely want to get into that but gary (laughs) we met (laughs) at fiu yes we did track team yeah shit blew up in everybody's face, but what do you mean blew up? We ain't gonna get there. Oh. We got a lawyer here. We have to like really pay him to protect us from the conversation that you know. Oh man! So he knows what I'm talking about. I'll tell you off, right? Um, <laughs> but we, we met at FIU, and I want to figure out how did you get there. So Gary, where are you from? And then how did we get to FIU? Um, I'm from Broward County, Florida. Uh, born and raised in um, Lauderdale Manors. Then moved over to Tamarack. Awesome. Uh, I went to Boyish Anderson High School. At that time, it was um, a top 200 dropout factory. Mm. Oh, wow. So um, what that meant um, was that my ninth grade class, we had around 1,000 freshmen. Yeah. By my senior year, only 450 seniors, but only 250 actually got their uh, diploma. Wow. So about a quarter of us from where we started actually you know, graduated. Right. So just people just dropping out uh, for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. and um, staying focused. Um, and it was weird. It was a weird dichotomy because uh, I was an IB kid, um, international baccalaureate. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a predominantly black school taking classes with predominantly white people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then going to play sports with the robbers and the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Listen. So it's just hard finding places for me to fit in. Um, but, you know, just staying focused. I knew, you know, it's bigger. 
bigger things out there for me, just being more exposed to things. And um, that's how I, uh, you know, applied to FIU, applied right. to a variety of schools, but I just fell in love with FIU, the campus. And then um, there it is. But then um, just from track, I actually had to walk on. I had a, had an offer, I had a few offers. One offer from um, NSU down here mm-hmm. and somewhere else, who knows where, some, yeah, some yeah, small yeah. school, whatever. But um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't too focused on sports. But right. then I got to FIU. I'm like, you know what? Let me try out. Let me uh, walk on. And I did, and I, and, I, and I made the team. Yeah. And um, that was the worst track season. <laughs> the worst track season of my life. Listen. Everyone's yeah. going to be asking about what happened. <laughs> so many things happened. But, but I, just, it just, I just had a lot going on, and um, the team had a lot going on. Facts. I just couldn't, um, I couldn't lock in like how I used to. You know, I don't right. know athletes when you're like in the zone. Like it's nothing else matters. It's, yeah. it's only the sport. It's only the season. And so yeah, that never happened to, for me again. Right. <laughs> you know, when I got wow. to FIU, I just even in a practice at a meet, jumping nothing. It just it just would never click again. Yeah, and um and that's when I knew uh yeah this is track so, is done for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Uh, un- not so funny, but it's unfortunate that a lot of great athletes go there mm-hmm. and have the same story. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we've had some of like the greatest athletes go to this school and you're like dang like yeah. you should be at a power five school yeah but you're here yeah. cool however you got here whatever sweet talk story they told you or whatever you know grade stuff that you had and mm. the coach was down to just get you in because of who you were yeah. but after that it's just like shambles you know yeah. and, and maybe it was because of our immaturity that we didn't really know how to be young men and women mm. separate the sport from the business and the business from the sport and still be student athletes all at the same time mm-hmm. and maybe it was a combination of you know leadership mm. you know what i mean but that's neither here nor there um i, I want to focus on the high school and then we'll go into how you uh became who you are now cool, cool. so what did you do at boyd anderson that got you to where you are, but like if 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 everyone like around what made you, you different, yeah, if everyone around you is dropping out, yeah, <laughs> why you just ain't follow the leader? You know what I mean? I, I would say culture that like um, my parents from Haiti, right? Um, both of them just have a high school education, mm-hmm. and um, they always stress education, you know, and um, it just you know always since I was a kid, they always implemented me. You know, we're we're in America, land of opportunity, you have a chance to do something, right? Right, even though um, you might have to take student loans or whatever the case may be, still the opportunity. Whereas in Haiti, if you don't have it, you don't have it. Right. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying you can have whatever dream you want. Nobody's gonna finance that. You know. Right. So here, just really pushing me, even though they didn't know the rigors of IB and how heavy that was on me. It's like AP on steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they just, you know, just kept pushing me with that. And then um, knowing that it's somebody to beat my behind at home, <laughs> like I, it's definitely I had times where like friends like, hey, we're gonna go do something extremely illegal, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like the slide, I'm like, no, you know what I'm saying? It got worse. Like my junior year, I got a car, you know, I was like, oh, Gary got a car. We can right. do that. No, not, not this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not this one, you know, and, um, just, you know, just staying focused and out of there as well as, um, I started a mentoring program. Um, this woman, uh, well, I believe she's a doctor now, Dr. Patricia the same. Okay. Um, she started a, uh, mentoring group. She took, uh, her plan was to take, all black males who have a 3.0 or higher and make a mentoring group for the freshmen. Wow. Right? So she could revolutionize that. And then when she did that, out of 2,000 students, mm-hmm. 98% black schools, she yeah. only found 38 black males who had 3.0 or higher. Wow. Right? Of those 38, only 13 of us really agreed to like make a mentoring group. 
And um, I, I would say that really opened my eyes to the world because, like, with that group, she got us funding. We got, like, a $5 million grant from uh, the Department of Education. And um, now it's, like, in every school in Broward County now. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's and, amazing. Um, and with that grant, they'll take us on, like, um, college tours where people come speak to us. And I think that's when my world started expanding a whole lot more. Yeah. Like, wow, going to going to some school in D.C., um, where we at? North Carolina, yeah. wherever, Georgia, like just seeing people do different things and people who look like me right. or have a degree in X and Y and Z. I'm like, wow, you know, like, you know, I'm not alone being the smart black kid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And, um, and that really expanded on my world from there. But even now, just to plug in DA, Board Anderson, I think they had their first 100% graduating class back in 2015. Wow. So like the culture has completely changed. Changes. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's so, so great. Yeah. Because it was, it was, it was interesting times. <laughs> no, for sure. Trust. Yeah. I mean, that it, not the same, but the same, right? So like I went to, and we've talked about it on here. Mm. I went to a uh, public school, but it's a magnet school. So, mm. you know, you got to apply to get in. Yeah. So applying to get in, you know, you're one of those kids coming from a low, so, low socioeconomic area. Yeah. To this school in the middle of a decent neighborhood, mm -hmm. but it's a cluster of people. Yeah. So you have kids from way richer neighborhoods than you, mm -hmm. two-parent household, all the things that make people successful. Yeah. Parents, either one has a, a master's degree or the other mm -hmm. one just... Somebody has some type of um, higher education, yeah. right? Yeah. I always got to go back to Goose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I always like tell people, like, yo, like you have a car, you're just a sophomore, you have... A pool, I got a community pool. Yeah. Like you know, it's just those things where yeah. you 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 weigh your options and and I would say kind of similar to what you're saying. Like that discipline is really what kept me from when I went home after school, hanging with the guys that I knew yeah. were doing those things because yeah. it just didn't add up. You know, like I, I didn't put it all together. Obviously, mm -hmm. like we're all uh, in places in life where we wish we could be doing better. Yeah, but it's definitely somewhere. Or somebody out there doing worse who decided to make those left turns instead of right, or mm -hmm. just stand on the path to straight and narrow. So yeah. I definitely commend you on on that discipline um, that I'm sure you learned from your parents, whether it was by the strict hand yeah. or not. You know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the mentoring program, are you still a part of that? Or um, I went back to speak earlier this year, um, but you know because of COVID, right? And stuff like that. But um, they, they try to keep us engaged and stuff. Um, you know, reach out to us, let us know what the, uh, things are going on. So I go when I can. Right. And, um, you know, my, my picture is still, like, on the face of the, oh, that's awesome. you know, organization already. It's, like, the original 13 um, guys and stuff. And um, we, we most of us are still keeping contact. I was just stuff, about to so. ask that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's good. <laughs> yeah, hey, so. are, are any of them doing what you do? No, no. Um, well, one is my best friend. He's a teacher. No, we have, we have like, three teachers from that group. Okay. And, um... Some business owners, uh, an accountant, and you know, just oh, I can't even think where some of, some of them are doing. But um, yeah. just I know all of us. Um, we all went to college, right? Not okay. that much, and um, so we're all doing something productive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As far as I know, everybody's pretty much doing. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I guess I didn't properly set it up. Gary is a lawyer. <laughs> uh -huh. So after FIU, you did make that transition to law school there, or did you go somewhere else? Oh, I went somewhere else. Where'd um, you go? I went to FAMU. Yes, yes, sir. Florida. Agricultural and mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> University. 
So College of Law. <laughs> what what was that transition like coming from Florida International? Oh man, to oh, totally HBCU. Well, before we get there, can we know like what triggered you to go into law? Like what? Um, made oh yeah, you definitely. Want to so do that? when I was a kid, um, I was always granted a smart kid, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was in the gifted program. I was an IB kid. Everybody kept telling me you can do anything, and that was like a curse because mm-hmm. like. I can do this. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a firefighter. I yeah. wanted to be a architect. I wanted to be a game designer at one point. And then, um, and then came high school. I'm like, I really gotta figure something out because I know I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste no money. You know. Right. So around 14, I'm like, all right. I like history. I like, um, you know, just analyzing different things. And you can do so many things with a law degree. And at that time, at 14, I wanted to be Florida's first black senator. Mm. Right. So most politicians are lawyers. Yeah. Right? I'm like, this is the path for me, and I, I kind of went with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you still want to be a senator? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Why though? Like that's I feel like that's still highly attainable, especially oh, after yeah. the presidency that we yeah. went through, you know, like yeah. you can walk off the street and say, yeah. Hey, this I, is what I'm gonna be. So I will hardly believe if I walk in and really went down that path to be a senator, I think that's attainable. Like right. a high probability that's attainable. Um however, excuse me. One class really changed my life at FIU, um, International Political Economy, right? Okay. So they taught us how the price of coffee in Kenya mm-hmm. can affect, like, some other industry in Mexico. You know okay. what I'm saying? How everything's interconnected, things of that nature. And when it boils down to it, money runs everything. Yes. Right? So once you have money, you control politics. Hmm. You know, because you look at this past election, um, somebody like George Soros... Or um, Mike Bloomberg, yeah. they're financing campaigns, yes. mm-hmm. right? So if you have the money and you're like, I want this policy change, but I don't want to be the face of it, right? Let me put some people into place and make it happen. Yes. So once they get in there, you owe me, right? You know what I'm saying? And that's that's really how things really work in this world. Mm-hmm. Like something as small as um, people might say that's corrupt, but like Obama, yeah, right. So Obama had a lot of his friends give him campaign funds, but then all of a sudden there's like a ninety billion dollar uh, clean energy project right which is great but all those contractors are his friends mm. you know what i'm saying so when you when you look into things like that it's like that's that's just how it works right? yeah you know so if you have the money you can put people in power to represent what you want and you don't have to have any of the stress so wow get this money that, that was money. <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotcha. wow that, so I, I i'm not saying that you could be bought but you see how that could potentially i guess change your outlook on mm-hmm. on life and change people's outlook on you being, really? you know, but but the the average person wouldn't know that information. No, you just see the face. I'm yeah. on TV. I'm giving the speeches, and and there it is. Yeah, but yeah. Behind the stream, yeah, yeah, behind the scenes, they got a lot of people behind. But like on a national scale, yeah, but on a local scale, right? You know, what I'm saying you don't have to be a billionaire to do that, right? You know, what I'm saying um, so, um, financing mayor campaigns, financing um something important as school board campaigns, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. of that nature. You can really change your community if you if you have that interest in the in the capital to do that. So, okay, so oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's interesting. Okay, so fam, you, <laughs> how did you focus? How did that discipline keep I, your mind? I would say fam, <laughs> College of Law is in Orlando. Oh, so a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that. So it was in Tallahassee. Gotcha. Um, I believe in the forties or early fifties when they when it started up. It got shut down in the late 60s because of, using air quotes, um, lack of funding. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then probably like 15, 20 years later, uh, Florida State opened up their law school. 
So the policy in Florida is you're not allowed to have two professional public schools in the same city, right? So you could have a FIU UM law school mm-hmm. in say Miami, right? UM is private, right? You know what I'm saying? But if you Got have two, it. that's why like um, Stetson, mm-hmm. Stetson's law school is in Tampa, but Stetson's main campus is somewhere else. Like you have all these mm-hmm. yeah, weird things. I think it's in like oh, makes so much Bradenton sense. or something like somewhere yeah. close, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So they, so they have like these different rules and stuff, but at the end of the day, um, when there was a bill back in 2000, 2001, and that, that's what opened up FIU law school. Mm-hmm. Like, so we have a law school for Hispanic, um, pe- people mm-hmm. of Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we slipped in, we need a law school for black people yeah. back in the school, um, but back in um, the state. So, um, so that's where we came back in. We opened up in, I want to say 2002. Don't quote me on the date, but I want to say 2002. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's where we are now in Orlando, um, which is pretty cool. But at the same time, still get the HBCU feel. That's the first time in my life I had all these black professors. I was just about to ask that. Wow! Yeah. And it's it's um it's different because like um I, I like to say you know being the only chocolate chip in the cookie, you know what I'm saying that's how I felt at FIU. A lot of these political science classes and yeah things of that nature, and nobody really represented me right. on the uh prof- the professorial side of it. But then going to FAMU, like all my professors, well, ninety five of my percent of my professors are black mm-hmm. you know so it's a different perspective only five percent of lawyers are black right mm-hmm. so it's a um, very small population so if you go i got into syracuse you know what i'm saying up, up in new york yeah um, but they weren't really giving me no money right so, no of course so then when i went uh visited family fell in love with the campus fell in love with the professors fell in love with the price of schooling <laughs> <laughs> and um and that really sucked me in but um but they gave me a whole different perspective mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so and i wouldn't be the only chocolate chip in the cookie and it really prepared me um, to be a dynamic attorney, you know, and it's really solid. Do you feel like uh, going to FIU was a mistake because of the experience that you had at FAM, even though it was undergrad compared to... I would say, I wouldn't call it a mistake, Okay, but to do it over, I probably would have went to HBCU. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all said that. Because <laughs> we all went to FIU. <laughs> <laughs> This is a different um, culture, uh, but at the same time, like I said, I went to predominantly, all my life went to predominantly black schools, you know, right. elementary, uh, middle school, high school, majority um, of my classmates were black, but mostly white professors, mm-hmm. or, or teachers, sorry. And, um, but then going to FIU, I remember my first day there, I had music class. I was late, right? Uh, I walked in. And I was like, oh my God, all these white faces. Mm. And then I saw one, two, three chocolate chips. <laughs> and then, and then, it's and a I, horrible cookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then and then I and I just sat down like, wow, this is like different, you know, and then just hanging around different people. But I think that expanded my world too. Right. Because I never had that many interactions like having I had some white friends growing up, but like now it's like Hispanic. Um, white, white Cuban, yeah. and Dominican, and it's a lot of Hispanic um the cultures. European exactly. culture. Yeah. And then in addition to that, the Caribbean culture too. Right. So we had sprinkles of Caribbean culture throughout my, my upbringing, but now it's like, um, it's so celebrated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ha- Haitian wasn't a cool thing growing up. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My mom is Haitian, so I know. So, yeah, you yeah. know you know the struggle. So yeah. like, it wasn't cool. So, but now everybody's like celebrating their culture mm-hmm. and um, and it's not oppressive. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's not right. like one culture is bigger than the other. There was a CSA. I don't know if everybody, anybody been yeah, yeah, yeah. in that, having their things and stuff. So like, it's just a celebration of everybody's culture. I think it's cool. That's all. You know, so. Hmm. That, was a good, that was a good experience. But still, HB, HBCU does the same thing, though. Yeah, yeah, Because white people, we're not a monolith. You right. know what I'm saying? We're very um, different and stuff. So, um, 
it's a different different experience. Right. Now, but yeah. <laughs> As, yeah, it's definitely a culture shock. And and I kind of had the opposite, right? So okay. Oh, we both did. So she grew up pretty much like here, Pembroke Pines, Davie area, cool. and she went to a predominantly white school. White school. Yeah, and I was, I was the darkest chocolate chip. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and that was her story. And then for me, it was kind of like, I, I guess, say there are 30, like, even in middle school and high school, mm-hmm. say there are 30 seats in a classroom. Yeah. It's half black, half white, mm-hmm. or half black, 10 whites, mm-hmm. 10 Hispanics. So it was always like a, a nice cultural experience. Yeah. But, but like you said, the teachers and professors were all white, yeah. you know, and then out of all of the teachers and professors, I want to say 80 to 85% were women. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there wasn't even a male yeah. in a position where you can relate to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now, and it's not that it seems oppressive or anything like that. It's just, you don't have anything to look up to. All yeah. the custodians are black. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, yeah. all right. <laughs> I do you guess think I can that's go to detrimental school. to like the learning facility of the kids? Yes? I, I, I say yes. Yeah. I say yes. Yeah, I mean if you yeah. grow up and see black custodians, you think, well, I guess that's yeah. my that's my glass ceiling. Yeah. So yeah. But Possibly. what would be the fix? Black teachers. Okay. Black teachers. Black principals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black educators. Because yeah. um it's it's uh I think something like 70, 75% of public school teachers are white women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, um, but at the same time, we need the representation because something as small as like making math cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you don't relate to your teacher in terms of cultural and, you know, different things of that nature or they don't even understand your struggle. Right. Um, how are you going to help them learn a subject where they think it's not even applicable to them? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because every kid in the world, when am I going to use math? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you have a black teacher, this is how you use math in, in our culture, mm-hmm. right? In our way, how things happen. You could read a book, Bobby buys 10 balloons, you know what I'm saying? But if it's a more culturally favorable book, like Bobby buys, I don't know, whatever black people we buy, on the yeah, store, whatever it is. 10 watches, you know what I mean? <laughs> so just make it more applicable and um, so they can see themselves and engage in the subject. Everything yeah. seems so foreign to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you make it um, within ourselves, and it's applicable. Yeah. Economics, history, all these different things. History is huge. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We're learning about these past kings of Charlemagne and, and King Henry. Right. But like, what about the African, you know. Right. Uh, Mansa Musa. Exactly. Yeah. Marcus Garvey. We don't learn about any of those. Yeah. At all. At all. So and I think we saw that firsthand. We were working yeah. at a charter school. Cool. In Opalaka, and yeah. I was a, the seventh grade science teacher. Wow. So, I mean, for me, it was a great experience, and I loved being able to relate and teach the kids. Yeah. And they would flock to me because right. of that. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I guess my age, or the way I looked, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Um, but I feel like because the school was predominantly black, the teachers were also predominantly of Caribbean descent. Right. We had no funding, mm. so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think it's more than just like integrating the schools and just making sure that. Mm-hmm. You know, our people are represented, but it's also getting the funding from the people who are mm-hmm. updating the, the curriculum. You know? But but that's it goes back to what I was saying again, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so if you had somebody who had some M's just on hold, right? Mm-hmm. And like, wow, this school needs money. I mean this school needs money, give them the money. Yeah. yeah. Now it's done. Right? Yeah. You don't have to go protest, you don't have to go anything. Right. Right. Boom. So right. you want books, boom. Uniforms, boom. You need a yeah. new playground, boom, it's done. But that's the, we, we have to learn how to um 
create generational wealth. You have to learn how to keep wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to learn the game of economics and, and really play that game to um, enhance our position. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to funding schools, when it comes to um, improving neighborhoods, when it comes to preventing crime, you know what I'm saying? Not just reacting to crime, preventing crime. Right. Like that, it's all money, you know, mm-hmm. and we need that. And we need people in um, power in terms of politics to get the funding mm-hmm. um, towards this. We need people who have the money to be able to have the peace of mind and say, hey, I'm going to give my community some money yeah. and it's going to do some good out of it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people have money, they give it away yeah. and now it's like, oh, nothing happened. Right, they, they or they don't know what, what's done right. with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, it's money, it's bread. You got to get it. <laughs> um, while you were in college, mm-hmm. you joined a fraternity. I did. <laughs> Talk about that. <laughs> 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 um, I joined Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Um, that was an experience. Well, it is an experience. It's a lifetime thing. Yeah. The day. Um, but just going through that process, it's, it's, it's again, the same thing. Like, um, meeting like-minded individuals who had that same goal um, in terms of um, just success for your personal self as well as your, your communities and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, just being very community-minded, all the volunteer work that we do. Um, I didn't. I didn't really value this when I was in college. Right. But parties, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, cause I'm very. I'm a bookworm in it. I'm a nerd, and um, I'll go to a party or two, whatever. But then, like, we be throwing parties. I'm like, gosh, another party. But like, that is so huge to yeah. the college experience. Cause like networking. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like um, meeting new people and just adding more value to your experience. Um, so that was. Some, something I look back now, like, wow, thank God I was in charge of the parties. We'd have, like, one a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but um, and meeting people from different campuses. Right. So you, to this day, I know people who work for major corporations stuff because I met them at different schools mm-hmm. because I was promoting a party. Mm-hmm. Because we went to this, to this party or whatever the case may be, and then we linked up afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just crazy. But, um, but what, yeah. what would you say to those people who say joining a fraternity or, or a sorority is paying to... Or buying in to get friends? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. It's, it's, it's not, I can see how one could see that because mm-hmm. um, you're automatically going to be associated with these people for your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the same time, though, um, you don't have to like the people that you're with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you're not a likable person, no matter how much money you give, whatever the case may be, nobody's going to like you. Right. The day. But, um, but it's mostly about um, just the history of everything, um, the culture, and um, professional and personal relationships. Yeah. And all that. that's that's what it's about. But you're not you're not paying for friends. No, of course. End of the I, day. I always. Do. <laughs> he said it's his biggest regret. Yeah, <laughs> legit. So not going to an HBCU and not joining a fraternity. But it's 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 lifetime. So there's graduate chapters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So people uh, can join through there. And um, something people don't really um, see in, in that perspective is the fact that um, I cross my junior year of um, college, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in my junior and my senior. Year. That's what two years. Basically, right? Right. The rest of my life, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm still affiliated with these people. So although college is like the fun time, whatever the case may be, Absolutely. Um, the, your, the lifetime of it is after college. And right. you're going to spend more years outside of the chapter that made you than you will in it. You That's know what I'm awesome. saying? So it's, it's important. Yeah, I see the, the attractiveness of college, but in um, the graduate chapters is, is, is different. Because mm-hmm. um, in Orlando, um, when I was in law school, they made it a point to reach out to family law to make sure that, you know, all the alphas or all the cues or the case may be are funneled into the graduate chapters. Like, wow. hey, you have some support here. Yeah. Right? So just going, my first time going to a grad chapter meeting, for real, for real, 
I'm next to a judge. Mm. I'm next to the CEO of Lynx, which is the bus system in yeah, Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm next to um, um, professors who teach at FAMU. <laughs> Uh, I'm next to, uh, you know, different ranking police officers. Wow. I'm next to, you know, like all these people. We just eating, talking, kicking, you know, whatever. Yeah, shooting the shit. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't end in college. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't yeah. end in college. So. Well, I, I only say that uh, for me, I, I regret not doing it then because you have to think about the older we get, the less likely we are to do things. Mm-hmm. That's why they always say, like, if you drop out of school, Cool, you take your couple months, you take your year, but you go right back. Yeah. You know, once you graduate uh, college, you have your, your degree, take a semester off, go right back. Yeah. Why? Because once you get older, things happen. You get set. You yeah. get set in your ways. Yeah. We all, it's so funny. Like, I, I remember being a kid and, and like, not liking the way my parents treated me, but <laughs> because they were already set in their ways. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, 15 years later, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah. It's a party tonight. Ah, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. And an hour later, like I'm knocked out asleep. Like yeah. wake up the, the next day. Like oh, I wonder if they had fun at that party. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to draw this connection. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a political podcast, but um, you know, maybe an hour ago or an hour and a half ago, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris yeah. are gonna be official they president and vice president. <laughs> Kamala Harris is a sister, yeah, AKA. Yeah. So, how does that make you feel? I think I think that's cool. Um, just having uh, that that network again, you know, yeah. you have somebody in your organization that achieved something um, that reflects back into the uh, status pedestal, yeah, you know, yeah. of, of the organization. You know, what I'm saying um, just goes back into the history of members doing, you know, greater things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. In the day, right. black woman um, in that position, yeah. um, as well as getting the orange guy out of there. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not political, right? Not a fact. But, but we are so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's that's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and, and legally, mm. uh, and this is one of the the conversations that have been happening for months now. Mm. It doesn't matter who's in office. Mm. But from a legal standpoint, why does it matter who's in office? Oof, this this could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna break it down to a few key components. Awesome. Uh, number one, just how I got here in the day. I was born in the United States. My parents are immigrants, right? So immigration's gonna change. Right. Um, this man was very adamant about um, um, keeping people out of this country, right? And I have a lot of immigration attorney friends, and they 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 saw the change from Obama to Trump and how many more um, levels of BS they got to go through for their clients, right? right? So you have these children in cages, you have these um, these shanty courts. It's legitimately a, a tent, mm-hmm. right? So you don't get to go to court, it's virtual. Wow. And you're in a tent and that's that's your court. Your lawyer can't even speak to you. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of infringement of, of rights and things of that nature. Um, you saw recently, I think 500 children don't know where their parents are. Don't know where their parents are. And, so this, sad. and this man said good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and then the shithole country talk. The, the Muslim banned countries, yeah. all these different things, it, it just puts us, when it comes to immigration, um, you get, as a country, you need to secure your borders. But at the same time, immigration is a, is an extension of international relations as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So after Bahamas was uh, ravaged by that hurricane, he was like, they're not coming in. Mm. You know, how does the Bahamian government feel, you know what I'm saying, when we do a lot of reciprocal um, tourism with Florida and back and forth, things of that nature, do you want to continue these types of um, uh, relationships, relationships yeah. because you don't like us here. 
or with Mexico. Mexico does a lot for us yeah. when it comes yeah. to the agricultural um, aspect of it, migrant workers, and even us. All these Trump supporters say, you know, Mexicans in a derogatory fashion, oh, mm-hmm. you're Mexican, but you're going to go to Cabo. You're going to go to Tulum. Everybody on Tulum right now. You know, yeah. so so it's, we're, we're all connected. You know, we can't treat each other like that. You, right. As a country, you, you should not have a porous um, border where everybody comes in, mm-hmm. but it needs to be a, a legitimate process. Like, right. if I do X, Y, and Z at this time, I should be able to come in if there's space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's all it is. Or you're getting rid of DACA. You know what I'm saying? You have all these children here who you're two years old and you're being smuggled in a car or whatever and you wake up one day like, wow, in America. And then you go to school and then you don't even, can't really speak Spanish. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're not a, a citizen. And now they want to bring you to Mexico. Like, where would you go? What are you going to do? Or Colombia? Where right. would you do? So immigration is huge. Another huge thing um, will affect me as well is taxes. Right? So um, Trump was very adamant about lowering corporate taxes. So my clients and the business world are like, great, right? So um, might be skewed on the numbers, but it was like from 34% um, corporate tax, he dropped it down to 21%, Okay, right? Um, so that percentage is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, all these corporations, that's billions and billions and billions, Trump language, billions and billions and billions <laughs> of dollars, right? So, um, but the thinking is trickle down economics. If we give these corporations all this money, they're going to create more jobs. They're right. going to buy more things. They're going to boost our economy. And they don't. And they never have, and they right. never will. Rich people, when they tend to get more money, they hoard it. Hoard, yeah. You know, so you create mm-hmm. this impenetrable pinata, to say the least. And all these people are like, "Where's the money? We're making, we're making money as a country, but it's stuffed here." Mm. You know, and and that's and that's um, something that needs to change. So Joe Biden, he's going to get a lot of backlash um, from his supporters and people who don't support him as well, because um, he may go in there and change the tax laws, mm-hmm. as you're talking about taxing people over four hundred thousand dollars, but it's the corporate tax laws. He's going to get a lot of flack about, but I think that needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because in the day, we might be making less money, but um, we need to fix the gap between lower economic, lower socioeconomic people and higher socioeconomic yeah, right. people. Because mm-hmm. right. the middle class is fading. Mm-hmm. You're either going up or you're going down. Right. You don't want, and like I said, people from Haiti, you don't want there to be a huge lower class and it's impenetrable upper class. upper class. That's a recipe for a revolt, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So although it's America... Um, when people started starving and stuff like for us, you saw this year with coronavirus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will riot. Yes. We will riot. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it'll just take something small to spark it off. So um, I think well, immigration, taxes, um, I guess two two of the bigger issues um, um, I see with them. But um, I think Joe Biden should do a good job in um, quelling that situation. Awesome. Appreciate the, the political <laughs> insight on that. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that i can say i, I didn't know mm-hmm. um and partially because i didn't want to know mm-hmm. and i not mean that respectfully simply mm-hmm. because when when you break down what this country stands for yeah. but then who the country actually is mm-hmm. like you don't want to see how the sausage is made yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like i you don't want to see like you said all those people that bought into Obama's presidency mm-hmm. and then how they benefit from it. Yeah. All the people that are buying into Obama's presidency and how they benefit from it. Mm. And then who all is getting fucked in the end. Yeah, You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's unfortunate, but again, thank you for, for that. Mm-hmm. And this would have been me if I would have stuck to law school. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, I started out at FIU pre-law. Yeah. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, so I did my first two semesters and then... I took this one class and and it was just like maybe five hundred people in the class. Mm-hmm. I walked out. Yeah. I'm like I don't want to be a, a number like one 
49 out yeah. of 500. Yeah. And then I switched to education and I was one out of 25. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have that more um, intimate class setting. Yeah. And, and that's what I fell in love with. Let me, so. let me say this. Um, with law school, you don't get graded like every other school, right? Mm -hmm. There's only a certain percentage of that class that gets an A. Mm -hmm. Only a certain percentage gets a B. And then a certain percentage gets a C, D. Bottom 10% gets to F, right? So if the test is out of 100 and the lowest score is a 90, congratulations, you failed. Oof. You know what I'm saying? That's, 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 what it, that's how competitive it is. Wow. Wow. At the same time, if it's out of 100 and the highest grade is a 70, you're the A. You booked the class. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all about, it's not about how well you do. Yeah. It's about how well you do relative to everybody, to everybody else. else. So it's extremely stressful. Mm -hmm. So if you felt like, I don't want to do this, you'd made the right choice. Right. Because um, there's people. So early. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, there's people who wanted to do this, like for real, for real, and put everything into it and didn't make it get anything out. Wow. And if you didn't want to be there, it was going to show. You know what I'm saying? You were going to get kicked out anyway or quit yourself. Right. You know, so. You made the right choice. You saved yourself a lot of money, a whole lot of stress, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like the same thing. Like my dad's from Guyana, okay. so he's telling me like, "Yo, since I'm a shorty, mm. yo, you're gonna grow up, you're gonna be a lawyer. Because when pops get in trouble, I'm gonna need you to help me out." And I'm like, "All right, cool, whatever." Yeah. My mom, yeah, you know, my son's gonna be a judge, da da da. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. this is the only path to success. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to school and. Your friend's uncle is the starting running back for the Colts. And yeah. you're like, oh, I know him. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like this person's mom owns a music uh, mm. or label. And then this person's mom owns a producing label. And mm. you're just like, oh, there's more to it than yeah. just yeah. firefighter, police, lawyer, judge. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it opened my eyes to a certain thing. And you know, for us being black, mm. sports, you know, yeah. she yeah. doesn't look like it now, yeah. all this beauty, but... <laughs> She was a star swimmer. Hey. So, you know, it's one of those things where this is where they throw us. Yeah. Sports. Yeah. And then after sports, you're going to become a police officer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's nothing against the police. You know, we yeah. know a police officer or two. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it's, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you want more options. Yeah. And it, it took me saying no mm. to what I was being programmed mm. to actually see what the other options are. Yeah. Like, I'm not even doing education like I was supposed to. Mm. Like, once I left college, I said, how do I teach people out of a classroom setting? Mm. And I started coaching track, yeah. which you did after uh, college or yeah. a little bit, right? So, yeah. teaching, co teaching coaching track, I was like, dang, these kids are really eating the words that I'm giving them. Mm. I might be able to, you know, I might be able to make this a career. Yeah. And from there, you know, I got a couple of, of private clients and then private track turned into private training and yeah. then private training turned into personal training. I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I might just stick to this, you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I can still teach science from here. Mm -hmm. I can still teach math from here. Yeah. I can not even just do that, but teach life from yeah. here, you know, yeah. uh, imagine the things that we learned in 28 29 years mm. being taught in a matter of six weeks yeah, yeah. to someone who's willing yeah or just being retaught every time you see them in smaller increments and in information so yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much what i love about doing this that's cool. um that's cool. so yeah now that we got a background on you yeah. we know uh why you are who you are and why <laughs> you're here today right yeah. question not oh yeah, but not to stay on politics no, too yeah, much this longer. Is, this is but all... um, 
all the stuff that Trump had been complaining about mm-hmm. and I'm going to Nevada with my lawyers and all of yeah. this stuff. Like, is any of that valid? No. Hmm. Could he even fight that if he wanted to? He he could if he had better grounds for it. His grounds are saying that um, the base of his lawsuit is that you're not counting correctly or there's illegal votes going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, no, there's no evidence of that. Okay. Right? So we call those frivolous lawsuits. Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania, Michigan, I believe Georgia, he tried to sue, right? Yes. Um, he... They've been thrown out. <laughs> They've been okay. thrown out. So there's, there's there's not much ground for him to stand on. He's just making basis claims, just mm-hmm. you know, last breath, you know, trying to trying to get trying something. to get something. Yeah, because yeah. I think that that instilled a lot of fear in people. Like yeah. he could actually yeah. have all the votes like recounted yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. because you go back to 2000, George, George Bush, Bush yeah. v. Al Gore. You know what I'm saying? That was a huge case. Yes. You know, so um, so he was trying to replicate that, but there was actually stuff going on in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing going on. Everybody's clean. So mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. And then if he refuses to leave the White House. I, this is, uh, I was fantasizing about this. (laughs) So in my fantasy, Trump is like, no, I don't care. I'm not losing the elect. I'm not um, leaving the White House. Yeah. At that point, legally, he's a trespasser because he's not supposed to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. In deep in my heart, I want him to like resist, you know, a little (laughs) bit. I want there to be federal agents there. Like, sir, you have to leave. He's like, no. And then he resists arrest. A little bit of roughing up or something like that, and yeah. he leaves in handcuffs. I, I, I'd be happy if that happened, but um, but uh, but it doesn't matter what he thinks, and that's that's what that's what's uh, wrong with narcissism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He thinks the way he sees the world is just the way it should be. Right. But um, but then reality hits, and the reality with force hits. You know right. what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have no choice but to accept it. So he'll he'll be alright. You know okay. what I'm saying? Hopefully. Hopefully there's a little physical altercation. <laughs> I see the, the joy in your face. You know, I want the toupee sliding yeah. off. Like, oh my god! I think a lot of people feel like, um, feel the same way. Welcome to to George Floyd and yeah, and, you know, uh, Breonna Taylor and his. Yeah. Welcome to the life of those people who don't get to see the. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, this is just a little bit of what we go through as African American men and women on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, so it's unfortunate, but. Hopefully he does get his yeah. his little medicine, especially when he the hand that he had. Speaking mm. of, of of money, mm. he was very uh, exponential in the processing of the Central Park Five. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes. So it's just one of those things where those young men Oof. didn't do anything. Yeah, and you put ads in the paper to have them killed. Yeah. essentially because yeah. of what they did to this white woman who came out and lied. Yeah, she said, "Hey, I, I lied." Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things, you know. You know, it's it's just just that that culture is gone now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like just that culture of villainizing um, black people. Yeah. Um, just getting that out of the White House. Um, even in, um, during the Obama era, like um, him being president, it really changed the minds of a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, you have a black president. Like, we can do something. Like, we. I remember in, in the third grade, um, Miss Decilio, she she asked the class. She said, what would happen first, a woman president or a black president? And of course, I'm one of the little smart kids in the class. I'm like, this, I don't think I'm going to see a black president, you know, um, before I die. Mm-hmm. I was eight. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And then um, Obama came around. I was, what, 16, 2008? Yeah. And, um, and see this black man swearing in. And yeah. my entire school, like, there was no school. Like, yeah. we were just watching the, uh, the inauguration and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my cousin actually played at the inauguration. Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, in, in the band and stuff. And um, just just seeing that, it just it just changed. What can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, my life, like how you were saying, um, 
uh, looking at the janitor at the school. This is my ceiling. Yeah. Now it's like every other day, this black man is doing is being professional. Yeah. Y'all have nothing on him. <laughs> the only scandal y'all have is when he wore a tan suit. He was too fresh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was the like, only scandal. Word, are you really African American? <laughs> Show yeah. your birth certificate. You know, like, <laughs> come on, bro. And it's um, it's just it's just different. It's just different. It just really changed that. So now going from that and angering all these you know racist folk, and then now they get a guy who quote unquote reflects what they what they feel, not even what they think, but just what they feel. Mm-hmm. You know, saying so getting rid of that and moving back to a more cohesive, um, harmonious country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just excited to see that. You know what I'm saying? But so. do you think that'll happen with Joe in office? Because, like, for me, looking at the election and how it's almost 50-50, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. seeing the red states and the blue states mm-hmm. on this map, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now we have blue in the office, mm-hmm. but you could see that the country is divided. It, it definitely is, but um, one thing you look at all the maps and stuff, all the major cities mostly vote blue. Are yes. Blue, you know, and that, that just goes to show me, you look at any major city, Miami, huge mix of people. Mm-hmm. Tampa, mix of people. Houston, mix of people. L.A., New York City, Charlotte. Chicago, yeah. Charlotte. Someone was joking, like, all the places that yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you look at these cities, um, although Atlanta's predominantly black city, yeah. um, all these are mixes of people. This is where people interact. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show you when you interact with other people, you get to know who they are and yeah. stuff like that. You realize there's not many that many. There's not really that many differences. Mm-hmm. You know, we might have difference in culture, but that's not even a bad thing. Like going to um, FIU, I never had a um, coqueta. I'm yeah, addicted yeah, yeah. to them now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or um, just um, empanadas, or um, I don't know, just different different foods, not just Hispanic food. Being exposed to different foods and things of that nature. Um, it's just, it's just that, you know, enjoy everybody's differences yeah. in these cities and you get to do that in the city. When you go out to these more um, less populated areas, mm-hmm. people are allowed to be more stuck in their ways because there's nobody to challenge them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We as people um, in different um, minorities, we're almost afraid to go move out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like that's too much change for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're pretty much stuck in their ways. So it's sent for decades, if not generations mm-hmm. like that. So um, I think having a black president change that in yeah. a sense like wow you know maybe they're not they're, they are not that as bad they can do things as well um but then having this administration coming up as well joe biden and kamala harris um hopefully just more things move to enhance those areas and expose them to more people who actually live in this country it's not it's not just about you yeah right? you know what i'm saying so I, I would say for the next election i would love to see and, and this is no knock against joe biden mm. but i would love to see a another woman run for the actual seat Mm -hmm. just because I've in my growth and maturity and learning I've learned how strong women truly are Mm -hmm. you know and being blessed to have good women around me is like she met my sisters last night um they're strong you know what I mean like so running a country is like running a family which a lot of them already do Yeah. yeah you know what I mean so it's it's unfortunate that you know Kamala Harris is like like I've, I've read this statistic that 2020 was a year of a lot of firsts mm-hmm. and it's it's so wild that this country's been around for a couple hundred years and it's infancy compared to the other countries yeah and we still have a lot of firsts mm-hmm. and and not that we know the history of those other countries but women the women's movement is maybe what 50 60 years old yeah, yeah. the the uh 
Oh, freak was it? The civil rights movement yeah. is maybe 75 years old. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we're, after all of those things, we're still in the year of a lot of firsts. Yeah. So, you know, the first transgender, the first this, the but first that. It's because it's this is not, um, this is going to go deep. Like, <laughs> the genesis of it, when you started off the country, the Constitution, we the people. Mm-hmm. That did not mean me. It did not mean anybody in this room. Right. Yeah. It meant anybody who's 21, white male, land owning. Mm. Right, those are the people. The pursuit of happiness and all. Yeah, th- that was not us. We were we were property at that time. We were yeah. even thought of, you know. So just that's that's what our country is rooted in. Although we have amendments, it always relates back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying until we address the Constitution, until we address what's really going on in the criminal justice system, um, until we address something huge, Bernie Sanders always been talking about. Right, access to equal opportunity. Right, I don't think we should be giving so much to just. Anybody, right? You're not just handing out. Everybody should have the chance. You know what I'm saying? What does that look like in, in my yeah. world? In Detroit, there's school. There's a school that didn't have electricity for like four years, mm. and like um, the f- people in fifth grade um, were reading like on the kindergarten, first grade level, right? Wow. So we talk about access to opportunity. Yeah. What happens when they matriculate to middle school, high school? Is there a shot at going to college? Yeah. No. Is there a shot at going to a trade school? Yeah. No. There's no value in education. And then you look at Detroit, why is the crime rate so high? Right. Because nobody can... What, what What can I do that's viable? Other than, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I can work at... Well, they don't have public stuff. I can work at the grocery store. I can work at the Ford plant. How much does that pay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trump, you're talking about... Um, my fault. Oh, you're no, saying. no, no. I was going to say, a lot of those <laughs> yeah. big countries... I mean, big mm-hmm. companies like Ford are yeah. outsourcing. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to China. They're going to Mexico. They're yeah. going to Venezuela. So yeah. if those companies aren't here... And you got a city of people who are trying to feed their families. Mm-hmm. That's how we get labeled savages. And Adaptation, though. Yeah. So the physical labor is normally there. So you don't need me to put the parts on the car. Right, right, right. We need coding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's education. Yeah. Why well, am I going to learn this if I can't read? Right. You know what I'm saying? If I can't even do math, how am I going to do these things? So access, equal access to opportunity. You don't have to give us everything, but I think, especially in this country, Schools are funded by property taxes, mm. right? So you go to a nicer neighborhood, you get nicer schools. Nicer stuff, yeah. You go to a, a lesser, you know, neighborhood, yeah, 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 you yeah. get you get a Boyd Anderson. <laughs> nice. No, that's for <laughs> um, real. But you get uh, Miami Northwestern, you know. So you know. and that and that's how these things work. So unless the community invests into it, you don't. You're not really getting much out of it. So that needs to be abolished in itself because it's already an unequal playing field, mm-hmm. right? You're born into your circumstance. You can't control how much money your school has in the first grade. You right. know what I'm saying? You can't right. control how much money your parents have. You know what I'm saying? But the government can equalize the curriculum. They can equalize um, how much schools get and make it e- equal. And mm-hmm. why have they not? Because yeah. the game, school in itself, education in itself, is not meant for us to be powerful in a certain mm-hmm. extent. It's meant for us to be workers, employees. Yeah. Right? It's and I didn't understand thing. that until I got into law school. I'm yeah. like, Oh, I see the game. I see the game. You know, but um, but but that's just that's just what it is, and we, we got to equalize that. But that's the people who run the country. Um, they're the ones who benefit from the way that it is, and to offer up a plan where they don't benefit as much is going to be some backlash. Yeah. Do you believe in God? I do. I'm a preacher's kid. <laughs> okay. Dang, Jay's missing, man. Um, so you know, in the Bible, where it says the poor will always be among you. Mm-hmm. If we equalize 
the education. It's not to say that everyone's going to all of a sudden be 3D and 5.0 yeah. or whatever right. students, yeah. Yeah. but it does give the opportunity yes. for those students yeah. to be successful. Yes. But mm. if we go to our religious or spiritual roots in the Bible, it says the poor will always be among you. Mm. Even if we do change legislation and policy to even the playing field, mm. why should we? Because I think everybody deserves a shot. It's like it's, yeah. it's oppressive, you yeah. know. So you might you might be going to the school and you don't receive much of anything, and you still you still end up as if you went to a bad school anyway. Mm-hmm. You no, know, that's on you, right? You know what I'm saying. But if you have a disability, we should help you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If if um, you know, there should be minimum standards of living. You know what I'm saying? Like, there really shouldn't be homeless people in a country where there's actually more empty houses yes. than there are homeless people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's really going on? And banks do not <laughs> profit from empty houses. Empty houses, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, they're, they're, they're there, you know. But um, just, just equaling, the, should, that minimum standard should be education, housing, access to food, mm-hmm. and um, probably some medicine as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are things that this country can do, but refuses to do, right. because... It's capitalism of at course. the end of the day. But, um, but if they truly wanted to capitalize, they'd move those homeless people into those homes or have people purchase them, rent them out to somebody yeah. with, like you said, basic living yeah. and go from there. But that's but that's empowering people. They yeah, don't yeah, do that. yeah. They don't and that, wanna, they don't that always like, blows my mind. Yeah. Like We're supposed to be living in the best country in the world and so, have access so to all fake. these things. And it's just... We're a third world country with a Gucci belt. Yeah. Ooh, oh my God. <laughs> we need to put that on the shirt. Can you write that down? <laughs> that's that's, just, that's just really going on. It's crazy. And yeah. like I have a lot of family still in Haiti. And mm. when they talk about Haiti, I'm like, America's not that much better. I mean, mm. yeah, there's a more opportunity here, but mm. the way things are, if you're not rich, yeah. you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you're not working towards getting rich... Mm. It's a wrap. What's what's the future for you? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's scary, and they're you know obviously living in Haiti, you don't you don't see that, yeah. but it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But but that's that's just what it is. Like we, we fall under this um this facade. You yeah, know what I'm saying that everything's obtainable when it's not. You know, there's so many different things, especially in our communities, where we have to pay for the sins of our parents. Yeah, who had to pay for the sins of their of parents. Their parents yeah. All the way back to slavery, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So for just being ourselves, exactly. So we're always in, we're always moving at a deficit. You know what I'm saying. I'm I'm one generation removed from um, illiteracy. Mm. You know, so my grandparents can't read. Right. You know, and um, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know? <laughs> so and um, I have people say like, well, if you can do it, then you know why can't everybody else? Right. You know what I did. I'm gonna classify as like a Herculean effort. You know, okay. what I'm saying you shouldn't have to be Hercules and go through all these tasks. Yeah. And, to, mm-hmm. to be something. It shouldn't be like that. You know, so, um, you know, you, you just can't compare uh, these token successes to everybody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's just not how it should go down. Okay. Yeah. Now. Okay, no more politics. No, no, I mean, that, that it's all great information and, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I, I want to stick to our niche and I want to highlight you. Okay. Um, you are a business lawyer. Yeah. What is the number one or top three, whichever one you want to do. Okay. What are the top three things that you see entrepreneurs doing wrong? Okay. Um, number one, huge, 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 not creating another entity. Like every day on um, uh, Instagram or whatever, everybody's talking about LLCs, LLCs, great, LLCs, great. 
Um, but you have other entities like partnerships or um, corporations that you can utilize. Mm -hmm. But you need to create something so you can separate yourself from your business. Okay. All right. What does that do? What does that look like? So let's say for by yourself, you're selling t-shirts, right? Just by yourself. If you were to get sued because you copied the design of someone else's stuff, you're personally sued. Yes. They come after your house, your car, mm. your everything, right? But if you created another entity and they got sued, the buck stops at the entity, mm. right? Damn, my company went bankrupt. Yeah. File another LLC. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, 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 it's just that simple, you know? But, um, but that's just what, and you also avail to more tax breaks as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you have different entities, like there's different advantages of having a partnership, different advantages of having a corporation, mm -hmm. right? Different advantages of having an LLC. What's the difference? Um, uh, LLCs, tax advantage-wise, there's not really that many because LLCs are called disregarded entities, mm. right? So the IRS does not recognize you have an LLC. So if all three of us made an LLC, we'll be taxed as a partnership because LLCs don't exist. LLCs only exist for state law purposes. If we're getting sued, the LLC will protect you. Tax-wise, no. If you create a corporation, now you create, and under the eyes of tax law, you created a whole different thing, mm -hmm. right? Now you can, you know, really shovel some, some things Now around. you can pay $750 in tax. <laughs> <laughs> if that, if that. Amazon plays zero, so. That's crazy. So, yeah. they, they just take advantage of a lot of different tax laws. When it comes to their hiring practices, you get tax breaks for hiring veterans, um, felons, wow. um, doing businesses, um, doing business with certain types of businesses, minority businesses, that nature, and um, different movements that they do, especially international um, taxes. Amazon is not one thing. Mm -hmm. Amazon is the head. They have a million subsidiaries in different parts of the world for different tax purposes, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's a it's a whole game that it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. But um. But yeah. So one separating your assets. Um. Uh. Number two, access to capital. Right. That's something that we all struggle with. Um. When we start a business, I have a business. I need money. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do I get it? Right. So one thing is um. Getting a business loan is a huge thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't take advantage of that because they're scared of the word loan. But if you have a business plan, right, you as you're creating your business plan, you're going to become more and more sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, this thing can work. Yes. I can really plan everything out and I can uh, show this to this banker. We can have a meeting and then boom. Or um, getting access to people who are venture capital or people who just have money and want to loan it out to you. Um, I'm trying to think, well, your savings, things of that nature. But one thing I want to add on is. Not to get political no, again, yeah. but um, so Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase—they all been found, you know, pretty much guilty of denying minorities loans. Yes, you know, what I'm saying what does that do? What does that look like? Black man, perfect credit score, college degree, has a donut donut shop idea, gets denied for a loan. White man has the same idea, same credentials, gets approved. In five years, he done made ten donut shops. He's making his money. In five years, black man's still saving. Mm. Ten years, he's still saving. Right. White man's still building up. Building. So by the time black man has saved enough, he has a whole huge competitor in his area. Yeah. And he can't even compete no more. Right. Now he's discouraged. Right. You know what I'm saying? It sets you back generations. Mm -hmm. Now, white man can send his kids to school, he could buy a Lambo, go vacation in Dubai, whatever. Black man's like, dang, I had this idea. Yeah. You know, and... Not, Preaching not to one. me right now. So. You know, so so uh, being access to business loans is huge, but getting a lawyer, um, getting somebody who can write your business plan, getting verified market research, getting those statistics down, mm -hmm. it's what makes you, it, you can get a business loan. It's right. possible, you know, and really launch you forward. 
Um, so as a minority business, do you recommend someone who's creating a business plan to have a lawyer to help? Yes, that? yes. Um, okay. We, I can help, but you can also get people who write business plans. They're the ones who can do the research. Mm -hmm. um, I could sit down and do the market research and things of that nature, but I'm a lawyer. That's yeah. not, that's not yeah. how I utilize my time in mm -hmm. the day. Um, so there, there are people who are people with the MBAs and um, the business um, finance analyst type people. Mm -hmm. They're the ones you can go to and they could get you all together. They'll run the numbers and print you out a beautiful presentation. Right. You know, so those, those, those are, that's important. That's mm -hmm. important. Um, the third thing, scaling your business. Right. Um, one thing, um, Professor Harvey, Corey Harvey, she's my property law professor. And um, young woman at the time, I'm not even put her age down, but she was, she's very, she's very, very young. And um, but she's no longer a professor. She retired. She retired. I'm gonna give her age now. She retired at the age of 42. Wow. Right. So retired. That's a, that's a dream. <laughs> yeah. So um, she said a lot of the times um, our problem is not that we have a good idea, is that we think too small, mm. think way too small. So we don't know how to scale. You know, you get these people. They have small businesses, but they're comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, even for myself, mm -hmm. I started my firm. I was like, as long as I can pay for my student loans, I'm going to be fine. Right? Yeah. I'm okay. They're not going to come after me. And then once that was secured, I'm like, okay, as long as I can make more than um, what people thought I would be, because coming out of law school, we were really funneled into being public defenders, yeah. state attorneys, right. and working some sort of um, insurance defense. Those are the three main avenues, especially for minority people, because we don't have the connections to go work at wherever, wherever, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, as long as I could make more than what I could have gotten, then I'm fine. Now I'm like, I need to, <laughs> we need to get these M's right now. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so, a lot of times, we create a business and it's going okay. Our bills are being paid. We can have some savings. We feel comfortable. That's not a good thing because it's a business and you own it. You can go out of business. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have the clientele. What if your clientele, what if the coronavirus hits? Yeah. Your clientele is gone. You know what I'm saying? So you need to continue to, um, don't get caught up in just exponentially growing all the time, but you have to account for growth. Your business needs to be growing or it can't be standstill. It's dying at that point. So you got to continue to find ways for your business to grow and scale it. So that means hiring people. That means um, recalibrating your marketing. You know things of that nature because if you don't scale it, you're you're gonna die off eventually. You will, you know. So, so access the capital, get that together. I have a whole list. I can't think of it right now, but there's I have like twenty different ways you could fund your business, mm -hmm. right? Um, as you have a. I, mean, I hate to cut you off. Do you have a newsletter where you send this stuff out, or is this all a part of your uh, program? <laughs> um, I don't have a newsletter, but you, you can follow me on, on Instagram. First step underscore legal. Um, and I post things from time to time. I've been slacking on the posts, but I have an intern, and uh, we got some heat coming. So, awesome. yeah. So, Good. so I, you know, I charge what I charge, but at the same time, I use my Instagram to give information. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's a little something, little teaser that you come in and there you you go. pay me the big bucks. To, there you go. <laughs> to do what I do. Hey, listen, I, you know? I, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. what you don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. We started our business two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we've been doing what we do for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's we've been out of high school 10 years. Yeah. Uh, going on 10 years. Yeah. I've been out of high school 10 years. <laughs> um, and, you know, I started the business maybe five years ago, but mm -hmm. I didn't get an LLC until two yeah. and a half, three years ago. Yeah. It wasn't until we did our taxes where my tax guy was like, why do you have an LLC? Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, well, what else are you supposed to have? Mm. So it goes back to what you were saying before about an S corp, a C corp. What the fuck is that? (laughs) What is that? Yeah. And like, you know, when you're going to file, you see those things, Uh but you're like, well, I don't know what that is. Even though that's cheaper, it says $79. Uh, I'll just pay the $135 because LLC is what I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But then you don't know who to ask either. Exactly, exactly. So, so why why is this information so uh, top Dude, secret? Let, let me say this. Um, I came back home. So, I, Broward County to Miami, FIU, to Orlando. And um, from there, I could have went anywhere in the right. country. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I decided to come back home, right? Because I saw a need for... Um, um, uh, business owners who need legal advice. I saw a huge need for that. My father's a business owner. He's a lawn service business. First job, 13, 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. cutting grass, cut up. Yeah. Like this, I was in the mud. I was in the yes, trenches. You know? But um, I, I saw the need for that. Um, especially my last semester of law school, I was a bankruptcy clerk. So I was clerking under three bankruptcy judges going to court every single day watching people take millions of dollars of debt Poof. <laughs> gone. <laughs> it, Be gone. You know, or, or at the very worst, restructured. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, so learning a lot about finances and things of that nature. I'm like, wow. And and, and I started seeing me, in a sense. Right? Or, or my father, in a sense. Or my uncles who own business as well. Because they were small business owners. And they made some terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. And now they're bankrupt. And I'm like, that really could have been us. And I'm thinking, this man has children. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't know what to do, but they have to get rid of this debt. Or they can lose their house or, you know, things of that nature. So I'm like, damn, let me go back here and help my people, right? But the thing is, we don't know how to use a me, mm-hmm. right? You know, and because uh, I'm thinking, wow, I'm black, a black lawyer, everybody's going to love me. And the phone was dry, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, but you guys need help. You need mm-hmm. help. And they just, just would not listen until, um, you know, I started getting more clients. People started seeing the benefits of it. Because one thing, um, only 5% of lawyers are black. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So people are not even around us to see what's going on. Right. And they've been conducting business for decades, centuries without us in a certain sense, right? But um, but now being more in the community, people saying, Oh, I need him for this, I need this contract, I've been finessed out of this. Well, I can get my money back. Yeah. Somebody came to me and told me they lost sixty thousand dollars and their business because they didn't know how to defend themselves in a lawsuit. Wow. They thought they would go to court, plead their story, but the other person had a lawyer. Right. They got finessed out of civil procedure and filings. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And he's like, just panicked and lost everything. But if you had me, you'd have been good. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so just, just, just that. That's why it's so hidden because we don't know, like you said, we don't know what you don't know and we're not represented. Mm-hmm. A lot of us go into state attorney prosecution because mm-hmm. we all want to be uh, criminal justice warriors and change the system. You know, how long we've been saying that and how much has changed. I'm not going to get into that. Listen, <laughs> then, I hear you. And then we get into um, uh, public defense Right, I mean public defenders, which is um, you know criminal defense, and the insurance defense or personal injury world. Right, so these are things they funnel us into. So, how many black corporate business lawyers do you know? Mm-hmm. How many black tax lawyers do you know? How many black real estate attorneys do you know? How many mm-hmm. black estate planning lawyers do you know? Wow, you know how many so black. So now you're getting into like the point oh percentages of things. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's only five percent of you guys, and four yeah. percent are doing all the same yeah. shit. Yeah, wow, yeah. or or family law. So that's it. Uh, prosecution, criminal defense, personal injury. Insurance defense, family law. You're going to find majority of black lawyers funneled into those things. Mm-hmm. When you venture out to different things, it is sad. Like, I, I know one, well, I know one and a half <laughs> patent attorneys. Mm-hmm. So, I know one in, in Virginia and one who's going back to get his engineering degree because he needs a science degree to be a patent attorney. Um, 
and he's going to get that, and he's up in charge. Wow. And you got patents. How many things do black people invent? You look through the invention list of, you know, patents, whatever. I'm in, I'm in here, the um, AC, right? Refrigeration. Um, what else is in here? Oh, ice cream scoopers, yeah. black people, the monkey wrench. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's in the who, name. Though. Who knows how many... I don't even know how many things looking around like that we invented. Mm. They didn't have black patent lawyers. Right. But a lot of them to finesse out of their right. invention. So their face gets put on the product, mm-hmm. but the person who actually owns the patent mm-hmm. doesn't look like us. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um if you if I don't know if anybody watched that Madam um CJ Walker story, mm-hmm. she had a she had a black lawyer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He he got it together. And she all her patent stuff is still owned all this To this so, day, yeah. yeah. So, so um, a lawyer in, in the business world is not just needed to fight a lawsuit or to... Oh, no. no. So a lawsuit is something happened. Mm-hmm. Lawyer comes clean it up. If you had me beforehand, we do a lot of preventative work. Yeah. Right? One thing, um, you said top two things for um, business owners, I'm at a fourth. Operating agreements, um, partnership agreements, or bylaws. Right? Operating agreements for LLCs, um, bylaws are for corporations, and partnership agreements are for partnerships. Those are necessary because... Um, they will outline how the business is ran, who's responsible for what, um, how much money people have put in, so your capital contributions, right? So if you want to leave, how much you actually own of it, and um, and different different um, things of that, that nature. So that when you have a disagreement, like we don't need to fight, look at our agreement, right? Mm-hmm. We already agreed to this, yes. and it's done. Whereas if you don't have those things, now you're calling me, and I'm helping brothers fight against each other, yeah. helping family members fight against each other, parent, yeah. child, college roommates, teammates, X, Y, and Z, because they didn't agree to how things are going to be ran. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of preventative work. So having something like that prevents arguments. Having contracts before you go, like I said, somebody was want to work with um, iHeartRadio, right? He, he didn't do it because he didn't feel right about it. But mm-hmm. if he were to do it and he had me, having a contract that retained all your intellectual property before you go into it. Some huge example, Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't own the name Wild and Out. Yeah. Something as, something as small as a trademark. I do trademarks all the time. If he trademarked his name, gave me a couple bands to trademark it, he would have saved himself billions, billions. of dollars. Yeah. Right? Preventative work. So now that it, it wasn't done and something has happened, now we have to go and clean it up. And now the mess is too big, he's, he's going to lose. Yeah. It looks like yeah. he's going to lose. Yeah. Um, so that's having me prevents a whole bunch of different things because I can I already seen all the problems. Mm-hmm. So I know how to avoid all the problems. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where the, the huge benefit of having um, a lawyer. And I think it, most often, um, minority businesses don't look for lawyers because mm-hmm. of price. Yeah, like it's already out of reach. So yeah. or it, not a, it sounds out of reach. Yeah. Yes. It sounds out of sounds reach. Out of reach. That's, that's why I classify myself. There's a difference between a corporate lawyer and a business lawyer. Mm-hmm. But I classify myself as a business lawyer in our community, just because when people hear corporate, they're like, ah, oh, he's too big. Right. Yeah. He's too big. So corporate is dealing with um, corporate governance, setting up your corporation. Um, making sure, you know, all your corporate liability, um, Amazon owning a million different subsidiaries, having agreements for all the different things, the running of the corporation. Business is more so the transaction. So um, this corporation wants to do business with this corporation. Who drafts that? A business attorney. Mm-hmm. Or this corporation wants to buy all these assets as a business transaction, right? So th- that's really the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does sound out of reaching things, but these things are necessary if you're trying to make real money in the day. Okay. So uh, that's what it is. My price on my price is my price. But. Hey, listen. <laughs> quick. Okay, so so let's get a quick five-minute session with you, right? Okay. The, there's three of us that own our business. Okay. How do we operate and what is your 
what is your synopsis of this business, right? So we have a fitness business. Okay. This fitness business is holistic like everybody's fitness business is, yeah. but ours, I would say, goes to the next level. Yeah. We know we need capital. Yeah. Our credit scores in the 25 percentile, so okay. it's pretty average. Okay. But we can't get a loan. Mm -hmm. We have a very minuscule operating agreement. Okay. And we do have a full set business plan. Okay. What is your, like, diagnosis for this company? Number one, um, Uncle Sam, right? The founding member that we hate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got to make sure we mitigate that. So just looking at the corporate structure of it, you know, is it an LLC? There's other tax elections you can make. So you can have an LLC, but have it taxed as a C Corp or have it taxed as an S Corp, right? So to, to mitigate um, your taxes and stuff. Then we got to look into your liability, right? So you say your fitness company, what are you doing to prevent injuries mm -hmm. um, with your client? You know, because... That, that may happen, you know, or it may not happen, but somebody feels sore and they think they're injured and they sue you, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So do you have insurance to cover yourself off with that stuff as well? Um, then you talk about business credit. What transactions are you doing to build business credit? You know what I'm saying? Where's your credit now? Does the business have any debts, things of that nature? Are you properly deducting all your expenses, right? Everything. If you look on my Instagram, <laughs> you saw me. Jump out of a plane yes. for my birthday. Yes, right? I did. That's a tax deduction. If you don't even, you, you're like, Gary, why are you doing the suit? The post is coming. I'm going to post it. I'm going <laughs> to explain to everybody why. Congratulations, by the way. I, that, that's, that's something that, you know, we say, oh, I'll do it when I'm 50. Yeah. I saw a 102 year old lady jump out of a plane, you know, wow. and a bucket list, right? She went for it. But um, I was going to say, um, it's a tax deduction because there's actually a line that says um, employee entertainment. Mm. So people could say, well, he took out a plane, he had some plane entertainment. Was it for him or for himself? But he's wearing a suit. <laughs> he's wearing a suit. He definitely was conducting some business and stuff. I, like right when I jumped out the plane, I was already on my phone uh, talking to a client about some stuff. But uh, but it, it just, that's just being silly about it. But making sure that you properly itemize everything, your deductions, because they're, they're there for yours. People lose a lot of things. You want to see tax repairs, they can give you seven, eight, nine deductions, right? There's like over 150 mm -hmm. deductions wow. that people don't take advantage of. You know, so making sure that your tax liability is down. And um, so tax credit, um, legal liability, like I said, somebody getting hurt, do you have insurance to cover that? And um, scaling as well. What are you doing now? How much money is coming in? How do you increase that? Mm -hmm. You know, saying, do we need to hire more people? What areas are you needed? You know, um, I'm going to give you a huge secret thing. I, I got to find the source of it. But this woman wanted to get married. And she told her mother, I want to marry a rich man. The mother said, don't marry for money. Move to where the rich people live. And married for love. Hmm. Right? So you got to find an environment where everything you want is already there. Yeah, proximity. Exactly. Now you can pick and choose. So if, if she were to go out and marry a rich man, right, he could be the worst man in the world but because he has money or let me attach to him. Mm -hmm. Right. But now I'm in an area where everybody's rich. He's no good. Mm -hmm. He's good. I like him. I don't uh, like him. Now I can pick and choose. Because now everything I want is already here. Yes. Now I can pick and choose. And another thing I use, use is don't chase the rabbit. Build a rabbit trap. You know what I'm saying? So you, we are, we're always out here trying to chase clients and stuff. Build value in your business. If you have a car dealership, are you giving good cars? Are you giving good service? If you have, um, if you're a mu music producer, are you actually producing good music? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You're not just trying to be the next hit all the time. Like, right. Really focus in on your product or your service. Build that trap, right? And then learn how to sell it, right? And, and just, just go up from there. But, um, but it's, just from that information, that's just my little advice. <laughs> and that was five minutes. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely want to say thank you. I don't want to keep you any longer. 
the information that you put out was definitely like appropriate, mm-hmm. potent. You out of the five minutes that you gave us mm-hmm. uh, legal advice, you probably gave thirty five minutes of legal advice <laughs> for, to, free. to the for the free to the I'm people. For free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but you know it's so funny. We say this all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and we got this from Eric Thomas. I think Gary Vee's even said it. Mm-hmm. I will give you the, the information for free. Mm-hmm. You're still not gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. So I I, I appreciate you taking. This hour out of your day to, to, to come educate us and mm-hmm. our listeners. Um, I definitely, you know, want to work with you. I remember the first time when you told me, like, hey, you know, I'm a lawyer. Here's my card. I was mm-hmm. like, Gary? <laughs> what? Like, where was I? And I was probably making bad business decisions while you were doing law shit. So oh, I, I appreciate that. There, um, I'm going to qualify that. There's no such thing as a bad business decision, especially when you're young. Right. Because you, you definitely learn from it. Mm-hmm. And um, the game ain't over. No, nah, for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. for sure. No, so we're, that's, that's we're playing every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. first step underscore legal. Yeah, first step underscore legal. The name of my firm is First Step Legal Solutions, PLLC. I'm on Instagram, um, first step underscore legal. And um, if you want to follow me on the personal tip, it's uh, the number two RS underscore the number one G. Two R's underscore one G. So that two R's in my name. Why? Why so. did you name the the company First Step Legal? Um, that is that's for a lot of reasons. Um, but the main reasons is one: a lot of people when they start a business, they don't know what to do. They don't even know what the first step is. Yes. Yeah. So I'm that. I'm the first step. As well as um, this is my first step in life in a sense. Uh, this is my first full time job. Amen. Um, so just you know, I was working retail. Like I said, I used to work for my father. So this is my first full time. Everything this is my first step, my first business because I plan on owning a lot of different business ventures, things of that nature. So uh, this is my first step. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. We definitely appreciate you coming today. No problem. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Don't, don't I'll talk all day. So you gotta keep. No, you <laughs> listen. We've had people here for three hours. Oh man. So this hour, 15, 20 minute conversation. Yeah, we, can't, we can't give them all the secrets. Facts. You listen, gotta go and pay them now. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Um, I, I did have another question, but I'll ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Follow First Step underscore Legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow him personally, but follow his business page. Yeah. We we do know that uh, our listenership are people who want to create businesses, yeah. have an idea, but don't know where to start. So yeah. the first step yeah. is the best step, yeah. especially if you go with Gary. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, guys. All this